Um, it's lovely to see you here today. Um, we would, had planned this morning on continuing with our next series in the book of James, uh, The Mind of Christ. It was going to be the theme from James chapter 4. However, I felt towards the end of last week, and this morning especially, that God had something else for us. We're not going to come back to that, to that message, so if you want to know what that's about, go read Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, which says, in your relationships with one another, have the mind of Christ. And I'll leave that to you. We believe in the priesthood of believers. He can speak to you through that as well. So if there's something God wants to speak to you about that with that, then go ahead. Um, so I was there this morning. I tend to get up early on a Sunday morning when I'm speaking anyway. Um, and I was there with a blank sheet of paper this morning at six o'clock in the morning, thinking, okay, Lord, can you fill some blanks in? So we're going to do something a bit different today. I think I shared a few weeks ago that I felt really burdened for three things for us as a community of believers this year. Uh, one of those was prayer, collectively and individually get into a deep sense of prayer and awareness of God's presence through prayer. Often we pray and we tell God what we want, or worse still, we tell him what we want him to do or what we expect him to do, or we question him when he hasn't done what we th thought he should have done. So that was one thing, was, was prayer, uh, and I've been really burdened by that. The other thing was, was, and I think the two were connected, the other thing was to get restoring a sense of awe and wonder of who God is. If we read scripture, we, we, through Jesus, we have access directly to the Father. I understand that. And that's a beautiful, amazing, amazing thing. But God is still holy. He is still righteous. He has not changed. God didn't change his mind and change who he was once Jesus came. And I, and I think the two, are, the two are linked together because I think when we have a right view of God and who God is and, and, and a sense of that awe in wonder and the, the majesty of God, I think that fuels our prayers differently. When we come before him, we come, be, come to him differently. And, and the other thing was, as I said a couple of weeks ago, was returning to the ways and the teachings of Jesus. I think as, as, as a Western church, we've taken a few snippets of what Paul said that we like, and we, we've created this easy believism, this easy conversion, conversionism, if you like, but Jesus didn't call us to make converts, he's called us to make disciples. And he said, the way is hard, and you will suffer, and there's a cost. And this year, starting from Easter, we, 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 I want to do something, all of us together, if, you, if we can, is going through the Gospels, a chapter a week at a time, starting at Matthew, ending in John. It's going to take us till Christmas 2023. How's that for a length of a Bible study? But individually, in our groups, just really soaking in, what was Jesus saying? What was he doing? How he was living his life? Because often the things he didn't say and the things he did are, are equally as important as the things he actually said. And, and, and we're great at church. We're professionals at being challenged by the Lord, being challenged by his spirit, and going home and doing nothing. I've been around church pretty much all of my life, and I, I'm amazing at that. I really am. So I really felt challenged today to actually do something about it today. Not just talk about it. Not just hear someone else talk about it and, and ignore it and go away. And it's not about the words that I say at all. Please don't 
hang on the words that I say. I really, really felt challenged today that for us to do something about it. So we're going to break into, into prayer three different times this morning. So if you're watching online, you'll get just a prayer screen so you're not looking at back of people's heads and things like that. And if you can join with us as we do that as well, and three different points of prayer, and actually pray today in church. Is that so weird? God's people praying in church. It's not what we normally do. It's not what we regularly do. But actually, I just felt that we need to do it today. Before we get into that, if you haven't yet got your fridge magnet with the right year on, there's some at the back. And um, if this is your first week, we have a motto verse this year, Galatians 5.25, which is, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Which really um, answers a lot of our questions, really, I think, about our following of Jesus. Also at the back, near where Derek and Barry sit, there are some little books. These were sent free to us. And what this organisation has done, they've taken the Gospels and they've put it into a book form, taking the words of the Gospels. And it's, it's because they've changed it a little bit, so if there's stories repeated, they haven't repeated the story, so they call it a book, not the Bible. And it's introduced as the story of Jesus Christ. The nice little leather-bound booklets, you can take one, take a handful, give them out to your friends. It might assist us as we as we go through the Gospels together, as we're discovering what Jesus said and what Jesus did. So there's a couple of boxes of those at the back, and we can get loads and loads more of those as well. So I, I just sensed this week that with many of us, we go about life with a heaviness, a lack of peace, a lack of joy, and a lack of freedom. God, we could probably take us take each other to God's word, show verses that it promises that we would have peace, that we would have joy, that we have freedom. But how often do we actually live in that? We get glimpses of it occasionally, but in our everyday lives, how often are we filled so much by the Spirit that we're experiencing joy, freedom, peace in our lives? Often, in my experience, we're shackled by doubt, by sin, by resentment, by the past, by our personal failings, by our faith, by church. Put that out there. Church over the years has done a great job at disabling believers. And there's got to be a come a time that we've got to ask ourselves the question, like Jesus asked in the Gospels, do you want to get better? Often we, we go through our Christian life knowing that God has more for us. Knowing that there's more, if only we would. If only we would. If only we would. But we always, we hold back often. I don't know if that's your experience. We hold back because we're not sure what that looks like. We don't want to be challenged. We don't want to be made to be uncomfortable. We don't want the Spirit to have full rule and reign in my life because that sounds a bit scary. And trust me, it is. And so it should be. But also it's exciting. So I'm going to ask you the question for you to answer yourself, do we want to get better? Oftentimes, if we're honest with ourselves, we, our honest answer is no. Because we like wallowing around in our own muck. We like the smell of it. We're comfortable with it. And this is what we know. 
But do we really want to get better today? Do we want breakthrough? I want us to explore together the things that are holding us back from that freedom, joy, and peace. Before we go any further, I just want to pause. If we could just pause, just pause and bow our heads and just silent prayer together, asking the Spirit just to make way in our lives and our hearts and in this place today. Holy Father, as we come before you this morning, as we humbly, physically or metaphorically kneel before your presence, we ask that by your Spirit you would move in our hearts, that we would release the shackles of fear, of doubt, of sin. You don't promise to loosen them, you promise to break them. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we experience renewal in our hearts through your power and your presence today. We'd experience renewal in this place today, Jesus. Lord, we want what you want for our lives. We've just sung so many amazing truths. We've just sung, I surrender. Lord, I pray we, you would give us the courage to open our hearts and open our arms wide and surrender again anew to you this morning, I pray. Lord, as we open up your word and as we pray together, as we come before your throne of grace, might we be changed to reflect more and more your face, Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen. I wonder if I could read a few verses to you from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, if that's possible. Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. And that reads, In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temples was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. That same passage in 
um, the King James Version, Isaiah cries, Woe to me, I am undone. I'm undone, I'm ruined, I'm undone. I've seen the face of the King of Kings. I can no longer stand. Oftentimes, well, sometimes, when I come before the Lord in prayer, especially in community, it's different. Do you know what? We weren't called to a personal, individualistic salvation on our own. Did you know that? We were called to follow Jesus in community with other people. God was always, his, his call was always to gather a people to himself. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, it was to gather a people to himself. And when God's people get together and pray together, there's something powerful and there's something amazing and special and beautiful about that. And oftentimes when I come with other people in prayer, I feel like Isaiah. I'm undone. We've been saying for, for a number of months now, this picture of the temple that's repeated in Revelation. When we come before the Lord in prayer, this is where we're going. He says, come boldly before the throne of grace. This whole scene, when we pray, this is the realms we're stepping into. And often my response to that is a lack of words. I'm just completely beside myself. The reality of the presence of God, we're always in his presence is a thing, but sometimes we need to tune ourselves to really realize and step into that, the reality of that. The awesomeness of that should take us to our knees. And often when the Holy Spirit is moving, it brings us to our knees. And our eyes fill up and our cheeks are stained with tears. And why should we be undone? You might look at this and think, well, but we've got Jesus now. Because God is holy. God is a holy God. God is a holy God who can't abide my sin, who hates my sin. He despised sin so much that he sent Jesus in the first place to deal with it. So I want to pause. David in Psalm chapter 19 asks God to reveal hidden sins in his life. And I truly believe if we want to move on in the power of the Spirit, we need to deal with sin. Because in my life, sin is like a barrier between me and God. I can try and pray, I can try and come before him, but it's like... There's a, there's a crackling down the phone line. You can't really hear me. So I want us to pause now and pray. And I want us to be brave when we pray. I want us to ask God, first of all, for forgiveness. And then I want us to, us to ask God for something else. To reveal the sins that we don't even know about in our lives. If you're struggling to hear from God... If you ask him that question, he was pretty much always going to answer. Because we need to deal with sin. I need to deal with my sin. 
collectively as a community. In James, it talks to us about confessing your sins to one another. But can we just pause for a few moments? Just for a few minutes and pray. Asking forgiveness, asking God to reveal the sin that's in our hearts that we probably don't even know about, that we haven't even realized, that we've overlooked, that we've buried. Can we do that just for a few moments? Lord, as we ask for your forgiveness, Lord, this morning, would you just renew that relationship with your son, Jesus? Would you knock down the remaining barriers that we've put up to protect ourselves? The barriers that we put up so we can stay comfortable. The barriers that we put up because we don't want to change, we don't want to get better. By your spirit this morning, show us a glimpse of what following you in spirit and in truth could really look like for each and every one of us and together as community, Lord. Lord, would you continue to work amongst us by your spirit, would you continue to encourage and challenge and guide this morning, we pray in your name. Amen. If you're still praying, that's fine. Book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 17, tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We've talked the last few weeks about the truth that if we have surrendered our lives to King Jesus, if we have committed to following him, that we're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. We're indwelt with the very Spirit of God. Very God lives within us. So if the Spirit of the Lord is here, then there should, we should be experiencing freedom. And in that passage, they were talking about freedom from the shackles of religion, freedom from the sh shackles of their, of their upbringing, freedom from, from the shackles of, do I circumcise, do we not circumcise? But also, we can experience freedom from our own religious upbringing. We were talking about in an elders meeting just this week how oftentimes our, our view of God, our skewed view of God that we might have been brought up with, we carry that with us for the rest of our lives. I was brought up with, whether subliminally or sometimes not said, but this idea that God wants to smite me all the time. Smitey God, we've started calling him. Smitey God doesn't exist. And it's really hard to get over that sometimes. It's really hard because we go back to what we know. We, we have these neural pathways. It's psychology. And it's actually, the scripture tells us this as well, where we keep going back to what we know, to the easy path. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 reads, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I think sometimes in our following, and we, we talk about the Holy Spirit, and we've got the power and the presence of the Spirit with us, we just expect him to do everything for us. 
We expect him to make our following perfect. We expect just the fact that he's there for us to connect more with the Father. But actually, there's stuff that you and I have to do in that as well. Do you know that? He's not going to do it all for us. We were never called to come to Jesus, sit back on our lazy boy with our feet up and say, okay, off you go, Jesus, you're here now. We're called to actively choose daily, moment by moment, to follow him. This passage, he says, taking captive every thought. It's a, it's a proactive thing. But how often has your following been like mine, where I've been like, well, come on then, I thought you were here, I thought you were on my side. And he's saying, actually, there's stuff I need you to do. There's actually actions and specific choices. I need you to choose to pick this up in the morning. I'm not going put it, to put it there for you. I need you to choose to get up early and be on your knees, pleading for the lives of those who you love. I need you to choose when you get up in the morning to say to me, what are we up to today? Because I want to follow you today. And in this passage in 2 Corinthians we've just read, it says we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. You're probably all familiar with the passage in Ephesians chapter 6, where it talks about the armour of God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Can I tell you today, there's a battle raging around you, continually. There's a battle raging around this building right now. Just because we can't see it, we forget about it, we ignore it, we think it's not real. If you have committed your life to, to, and surrendered your life to Jesus, Satan cannot have you, but he will distract you. He will pull you down. He will avert your attention. Take your gaze off of Jesus. Time and time and time again. Because if he can't have you, he wants to, dis to disable you and me. And there's a battle. A spiritual battle that sometimes I think if we were given the eyes of Gehazi, Elisha's servant, I think sometimes we would probably be quite scared. There's a spiritual battle waging around us. And often we're not even in the fight. We're lying in bed with a cup of coffee, spiritually and physically. But in this passage here, it says, has the power to demolish strongholds. And open and close windows. Um, if it has the power to demolish strongholds, not just put them to one side, not just put a sheet over them, but to demolish. So we've already come before, before the throne. We've already said, forgive me, reveal the sin that's in my lives. Now what I want us to do is think about the strongholds, the things in our life that are holding us back from truly following Jesus. What are the things we keep going back to, whether it's our upbringing, whether it's the pain, whether it's the hurt, whether it's the resentment? 
What things in our lives does the Spirit need to demolish today? And there could be multiple. There could be just one. So I want to pause again. This is important. Okay? If we feel uncomfortable praying in church, then there's a real disconnect. If we feel uncomfortable praying with God's people, then there's a real disconnect. I want us to stop. I want, to, I want us to come before the Lord. I want him, Maybe we don't even know. Reveal to us the strongholds that are in our life that are holding us back from following him fully. Holding us back from following him as he wants us to. Holding us back from hearing his voice. Did you know that? Did you know you could hear his voice? The things that we keep going back to time and time again. So I want us to pause again just for a few minutes and pray. Why don't we do that now, just in, just in silent prayer together. Holy Father, we pray that you would just destroy the things that hold us back doubt, the fear, the anger, the resentment, whatever it might be in our lives, Lord. Your word doesn't say that, that, that these strongholds can be overlooked, but it says there is power to demolish them. So we pray that this morning. King Jesus, by your spirit, would you take control of all the areas that have been vacated in our lives by the sin we've brought to you. You take control of the strongholds that we kept going back to. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would continue to work and move amongst us this morning in a mighty and a powerful way, we pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. <clears throat> so we've come before the Lord. We've asked forgiveness. We've prayed for demolishing of the strongholds in our lives, the areas in our lives which don't honour him, the areas of our lives we keep going back to. I want to pause and pray in a moment for one more time. But before we do, I want to read a passage from Philippians, a passage we probably know quite well. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. And Paul writes, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every, every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. <coughs> Excuse me. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power 
together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. What amazing, amazing truths in that passage. <clears throat> He prays that they have power to grasp how wide, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. We've been saying for some time, Happy Easter, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but not. And I think if we understood a bit more of how wide, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ for you, for me, and for all of humanity, it will change our lives. Something else that Paul talks about a lot when he's talking about the spirit is power. And then in verse 20, that this amazing verse that we really don't do anything with most of the time. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. <clears throat> so what I would like us to do now, if you feel comfortable, with somebody else, preferably someone that you didn't arrive here through the doors with today, I want us to pause and pray one last time but in light of Ephesians 3.20, I want us to pray extravagant and outrageous prayers. I think we limit God by our boring, self-centered, frankly, just nothing prayers often. I know I do. But God promises he to do more than we can ask or imagine. So if you can imagine it today, he can do more. So I want to challenge us with somebody else. If it's just someone you came with, that's okay. But if maybe get up and move around the place to pray extravagant and outrageous prayers that seem completely impossible to you. We've done this one or two, once or twice in, our, in, in one of our groups and we end up praying for whole countries, the salvation of whole nations. The salvation of our city of 300,000 people, which seems completely bonkers to us. Or maybe the thing that you think is impossible is the salvation of your own family members. Maybe we need to pour our hearts out to him who can do measurably more for the lives of our, our spouses, our children, our grandchildren, our uncles, our aunties and our cousins who don't yet know him. Maybe we need to pray extravagantly for healing today. We serve a miracle-working God. 
always, every day of the week, every minute of every day, we serve a miracle-working God who holds my very breath in his hand, and I don't know how he does that, but if he chooses not to, I drop down dead. So let's be outrageous and extravagant with our prayers. Let's challenge our own faith with what we're going to pray for. Let's challenge one another to, 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 to pray beyond our own imagination and our own reason today. We've asked the Lord to forgive us. We've asked him to break down strongholds. We've asked him to have free rule and reign within our lives. So let's just, let's just, just go for it. No one's going to think you're silly or stupid or anything else. I tell you, God's not going to. He might think, wow, I've not heard that before. He might think, wow, I've not heard that from them for a long time. Because I tell you, because when we pray this way, we're already changing our view of God. And and in James, like we've already said, when we ask, we have to believe and not doubt. So as extravagant and outrageous as it is, pray with confidence that God can. Because we know he can. But we've got to get the knowing from here to here, to our lives, to our hands, to our feet. Because we know he can. We serve an all-powerful, mighty God. So let's spend a few minutes in prayer together with one another. Get up, stand up, shout, lie on the floor, stand on your head. Whatever you need to do to do this right now. And we're going to pause just for a few moments and then we'll come back and then we're going to have some worship. If you're still praying, please do continue. Don't, don't rush. There's no time limit on prayer. Father, we just, as we come before you this morning, as we can hear the prayers of your people lifting out of this place, Lord. These extravagant, impossible, unrealistic in our mind prayers, Lord, that we've laid at your feet this morning. We thank you, God, that you are a God that does miracles. You are a God that heals you are God that transforms. You are God that supernaturally brings people from death to life. So as we bring these prayers and our requests and the burdens of our heart before you this morning, we ask, Lord, that you would answer. We plead with the lives of those who don't yet know you that we've mentioned in name today. So, Lord, we just lay this all at your feet today. In humility, knowing that you are the one that's in control of each and every situation that we've prayed about today. We thank you for the encouragement of being able to pray together, Lord. We thank you for the encouragement and the sharing of of our faith together. We thank you for the encouragement of your spirit. We pray, I pray, Lord, that this today would just lead us to such a place of praise and worship. Yeah, Father, we thank you that you first loved us. Lord, even for the prayers that were too painful to to say today, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would take the things that we don't know how to utter and intercede on our behalf. King Jesus, might you be lifted high and glorified in this place and in our lives this week. Pray in this vein in your name. Amen.
So we're going to have some worship and some praise. Just something for us to think about is what causes you to praise? What takes you to that place of praise in worship? What reminds you of the awesome, amazing God that you serve? Let's think about that, those things today as we, as we close out our time together. These, these amazing guys come and lead us in worship for one last time.